this morning as uh, one of the compulsory is going to have stuff to say to the leaders. Loneliness, worry, struggles, sinfulness, and powerless. 
And if anybody is human at all, I'm sure that we can the time in our life when we have all five of them. I am sure that we've all had these feelings, and I feel like no one cares. But this year's theme is showing us how to overcome them with God's help. You can see that there is nothing in this life that is impeccable 100%. But Jesus rescues, Jesus rescues us 100% guaranteed. He will always be with us. He will never forsake us. When everything and everyone fails, Jesus never fails. I believe that we have his hands extended to, do, to a dying world, and we have to do our part to reach them one by one for Jesus. There are many jobs and opportunities, as I call them, to help with BDS. There is one, number one is pray. Pray, which is the greatest strength everybody can pray. Ask God to prepare hearts, give the right words to leaders and volunteers, and the right strength, motivation, and love, and, gift, and guidance. Pray, pray for volunteers who will participate. Not all people can participate, but everyone can pray. There's a second one, it's called sharing the load. We need food donations. And you can find them in the foyer. Oh my God, I'll get down a nice piece of paper and tell you when to bring them back and what to do with them and everything. She even got pictures for sure to show you what clothes she's looking for. So it's very nice. There's decoration, I'm looking for decorators, designers, and woodworkers. Projects that need to be made and put up. Many, many hands make light work. There will be, there will be people here every night after July, June 3rd, which is today, and on weekends, um, which is only for three more weekends. And three weekends from now is when we're going to start. That's June 24th. If you have some time to spare, you can give every opportunity. We can use your help in this manner. There's volunteering. Come out each night and participate. The jobs are crew leaders, ushers, timekeepers, travel. Uh, traffic controllers, helpers, registration servers. We can use every person in any position. Um, the job is for everyone. And I know there's some people not able to do it, but there is. there are people here who can do it, and I'd like to see as many that can, can. To do take part in the glorious work of God's, of God's work. Then there's a cleanup time. We already have a, another church who's asked to come when we can clean up to take our stuff. And they want to do it for theirs in July. So I just need to get it off our walls and give it to them so they can put it on their walls. So you're being doubly blessed. We're going to bless the people here like we're going to bless the people of another town with our decorations. And they took them last year and they thought it was wonderful. There are a little bit, maybe there are decorations. They love them and they just came out to take them. So I'm leaving it with you this thought. Jesus came and sacrificed, sacrificed his life for the rest, to rescue us. Isn't it fitting that we would take some time to introduce Jesus to a child who is hurting, who's struggling, who's worried, and who's lonely? Please sign up to be a part of God's plan and share the gospel to our most precious gift, our children. Thank you.
forgot to mention the welcoming to the visitors. So if you're, if you're here this morning, you're visiting with us, uh, we want you to be uh, free in God's house, and we welcome you here this morning. I noticed Roy and Kay just came in from Springdale, so nice to see you guys. We, uh, we did a mission trip in February with those, uh, this couple. Um, it's an honor to uh, be with them and see what they've done over the, I believe, 15 plus years going to Dominican doing work. It's uh, certainly, uh, certainly had a wonderful seat. Uh, welcome this morning if you're, if you're here visiting. We're going to sing another song. You may see it as we sing a couple songs this morning. Son of God, shaper of the sun, you alone.
morning, Jesus, to see you. I sing, He hideth my soul in the depths of God.
first portion of my time, I'm going to ask uh, Gary Curtis to come up. He's going to uh, bring our prayer request before the Lord this morning. So we'll sing this course a couple more times before Gary comes up. Mm -hmm. Short, I love her. She 
She's on her perfect but she's not only on her perfect but she's on her mind every day. She's in her Bible study. She was in her Bible study, Tracy and David's Bible study, and she came. Her and Bronson shared their lives with us and, and they taught us great things and we've learned a lot from them. And then when she goes up, they, they had a lot of trials in their life. And now they're stuck with another one. And when I was sitting in the chair, I was thinking about my mother. We all know my mother, who's, who's new here, don't know my mother, but most everyone here knows my mother. My mother knows how to wear a set of knees. But prayer works. It's not about her praying. It's about her telling God, to, Lord, I have no control. I grew up in my family with, I'm just going to share this because I just feel like sharing it right now. I grew up in a home where my dad never served the Lord at all. He served the world. I had a mom that served the Lord and she served the Lord faithfully. You know what I mean by faithfully? I mean that when she prayed, she knelt down before God and she said, God, I can't do nothing about this. I can't do nothing about my situation right now. I am weak, but you are strong. This is what she prayed daily. And the result, and the end result is we have seven children in our family. There's only one not serving the Lord, and he's under conviction. I know that in my heart. She has a family, and all seven children are still married to the same loved one. She has a family member, and most all of her offspring go to church. Most of her children's children's children go to church. Why is that? Because prayer works. Prayer works, I'm telling you, church, prayer works. If you have a problem today, if you have a situation in your life where you don't know the result and you don't know how to get out of it, you don't have the answer, I don't have the answer to what's going on in my home. I don't have the answer. I tried it all. I got police involved. I got uh, uh, social workers involved. I got everything involved to try to find the answer, but the answer don't work until now. I already knew the answer, but I just want to thank God for what he do. I give him all the glory. If you have a problem or a, a situation or a battle that you're going through in your life, I want you to stand for that situation right now. This is what God laid on my heart. I was going to actually ask you to sit down, but God already said it. When I thought in my mind, Lord, so they're standing, and you want me to tell them to sit down and stand up? But no, he said, Doug already told, told you to sit down. So I want you to think about something. Prayer works. This is not a prayer. This is not a prayer. Prayer is not a, just a, 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 not a, 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 a your words to God. To God, I can't hide up my door. Irene is sick. Pray for Irene. I got a friend in who needs a touch of you on a prayer for that. But that's, that's not. Prayer is a communication between you and God. And a communication. If I have a communication between my wife and me, and we don't communicate, like I just keep talking, 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 and she just doesn't listen, and I mean, sorry to that. She listens, but she doesn't talk back. And the communication gap is broken. But no communication is between you and God. I asked God this morning for someone to pray for me. God said, no, you pray for everyone. You pray for everyone. So I want you to know, if anyone who has a battle or a need in their life, stand before God 
and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to ask God to minister to that situation and that need. Are we? Are you with me? Amen. Hallelujah. The Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, as needy children. Your word says, dear God, that if we humble ourselves and seek your face and pray, that you will heal our land. That's what your word says, Lord. And every promise in your word is true. And Father, you said in your word, Lord, that you would never leave us nor forsake us. And Father, it also says in your word, Lord, that we are the children of God. We are your children, Lord. And we ask you that your name, Lord Jesus, that we come by your right hand, O oh Father. That you have laid down your Son for us. We ask, dear God, right now, Father, that you would minister to each and every one that stood here, dear God, for their answers to your prayer. And Father, Lord, we know right now, God, that you are in a working, a working ministry. And Father, Lord, we pray for the BBS program, Lord, for those children that are lost in this community. And Lord, they have no need, no recognition of who you are. They don't know who you are. They don't know that you exist. And Father, Lord, it's through this little BBS weekend or this week, Lord, that they will come to know you. And Lord, we just ask, Father, that you will bring about those uh, need, those people, dear God, that are uh, going to help. We pray that you will cover them this day, oh God, by your precious blood. And Father, that you will watch over them. And I pray for each and every one of God who has a need here this morning. For those of God who has a financial need, who has a financial need, Father, that is not meant. Oh God, that they don't know where to turn. They have a sickness in their life, Lord. They have uh, children, their father, that are not obedient to you. They have struggles in their lives, Father, physically. They have mental issues, oh God. We pray that right now, God, that you will uplift your name. And Father, that your power will come down upon it. And that the answers will come, oh God. And that we will feel refreshed and revived in you. And by your spirit, Lord, we ask you, Jesus, that you will move again in this community. And Father, that those souls out there that are lost will come to realize, their Father, that you love them and care for them. God, we pray, Lord, for the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And the joy of the Lord shall be my strength. And Father, we just pray right now, God, that you would move by your spirit across us, O God, across this land again. Holy are you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we just praise you right now, Lord. We praise you for who you are, Lord. For what you can do, Lord. For what you said you would do, Lord. And you just ask your Father, oh Lord, that you would come down right now and dwell with your people, Lord. And uplift their hearts, oh God. Those hearts that are broken, Lord. There are those in this church, in this service this morning, fathers, whose hearts are broken. <laughs> broken by the struggles and the trials of this life. But I pray, Lord, that you would let them know. Let them know, Father, like the song that was sung, that you hold them. You cover them under your precious blood. Father, we just ask this right now in your holy name, and everyone says. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, we're going to sing, uh, we're going to sing one more song now, guys. Krista to come, she's going to uh, bring all the children out. So we'll, uh, we'll sing one more song. I was singing as uh, Gary was.
way to put it. I love that. Anybody else? Are you super fast, Miss Sherry? Now come up here. I want you to look at this lady, okay? And I know I'm really putting her on the spot. But this lady, her name is Sherry. And my heroes are missionaries. Can you guys say missionary? Sherry is a missionary. And a missionary is somebody who travels to another part of the world and they tell little boys and girls about Jesus. And you know what? Some of these little boys and girls, they don't have food. They don't have shoes on their feet. And some of them don't even have a mom and dad. So a missionary is somebody who goes to these places, and they give them food, and they tell them that Jesus loves them. This lady goes to the Dominican Republic, and she calls all the children. I was with her this year. And she calls all the children over 100. How many kids? around 170 children. She says, oh, that's my kid there. That's one of our kids there. And we're driving along. That's one of our kids there, over 170 children. And you are my hero. I didn't know you were going to be here. I really did, but surprise. But you are one of my heroes. And if you've ever chased around a missionary, and I say chase because we do chase them, don't we? If you've ever been with a missionary and watched what they do on the ground, in the field, where they're two, it's truly inspiring, and they are heroes. And Suzanne is going to talk about missions this morning, but I just wanted to bring you up and show them my hero. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I 
Roger Kay. This is Roy's sister Kay. She was down there with us too, but uh, sorry about that, Sherry. Got it all mixed up. Trying to stay a little light here this morning because 
actually my composure has you know last week now I was a little bit emotional. I tend to cry a lot, I don't know. There was a time when I wasn't very emotional at all. There was a time that I was pretty much downright stoic. But uh, the last few years I think uh, I have a little bit I'm complaining that I'm aged. And I don't think that's a surprise since Doug's already told you before although we'd like to have another baby, I'm too old. So <laughs> so I don't think you're gonna be surprised by that. I'm gonna give you guys a step in there or keep and I'm going to get Jacob number one, and then Ben, and then Jace, and then Gay, and Chelsea and Bree. And these fine children are going to help tell you a little bit about what we've been learning as we promote missions in Sunday school. So Jacob, you're going to start, and I'll get my clicker on the goal here. I didn't tell them they had to memorize it, because it will be there, and they can read it if they want. <clears throat> On average, a person in North America uses up to 175 gallons of water every day, but the average person in the developing world uses 2.6 gallons of water a day. Quite a difference. Yeah. 80% of the disease in, in developing countries is related to poor drinking water. <clears throat> Every year, 1.8 million children die from diarrhea, much more than an armed conflict. Good job, You've never embarrassed me, stop. The average distance alone in Africa and Asia walks to collect water is 3.71 miles. Life and light to the world. In Friday's hungry, he gave me something to eat. 
I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Matthew 25, 35. And because we want our children in Sunday school, and all of our children to know that we are here, we are Christians, we are saved with a purpose beyond our own salvation. We always teach them, all the children together. Not always has a plan. Go ahead, And sometimes we are his plan. That's right. Thank you. I think we should give all of our great children to come here.
of who the top five candidates were and who are going to have God's love poured out over them in the form of a bottle of water over the top of their heads. So as you go out today, you'll notice there's a table at the back. And on that table, there is a uh, bottle that you can take your little voting card. Now, we are a people of honor and integrity here. You know, we are Christians. So I don't want to see any, you know, illegal ballot bottles, something. We just want one vote per person. You take a vote and you put it in the bottle that's there. And you vote for whoever you would like to see soaked. These are our candidates. Okay, I have to take out the glass and put them on and take them on. We'll have to age them again. So here are some of our super soaker candidates. Pastor White. He's potential. Pastor Andrea. They're ready. They got their Southwesters on. Pastor Grant. <laughs> Pastor Jared. And of course, I don't have a picture of Miss Jenna, but she has graciously consented as well. So these are some of the people you could vote for. They're not all of them. We've got lots of choices. This might be a good time for a little revenge. We also have our Sunday school staff who work tirelessly throughout the year to instill values and teachings into your children, and we will reward them accordingly. <laughs> if they get voted, if they make the top five, they will see God's love poured over them as well. And these are the people who have agreed. Christmas Rathlins. We also have Mona, Mona King, Eric Young, Laura Lee Rathlin, Charlene Lush, Wanda, sorry Wanda, Wanda Jeffries, Lance and Derek, Lance King and Derek Jackson. So all potential candidates to be voted on. And I hope, oh, and let's not forget Justin Noble. <laughs> sorry Justin. <laughs> I, um, I do encourage you to take part in this and to vote because it's, it's building fun for the kids. And next week as we go into our last uh, Sunday school uh, for the year. They're going to be anxious to know. We're going to be counting the votes and we're going to be finding out who the winners are. So I ask that you would at least participate. You do not have to make a donation to vote. Okay? I just want to make that clear. We just want you to participate with them. Just vote and you know, we'll have fun with it. If you want to make a donation, there is a bottle there that will be there this week, next week uh, as well. And you can put it in there if you want to receive it. You can put it in an envelope. That's, that's fine as well. If you want to support the project financially, but what we want really is to see it supported by participation. We also have the missions committee, Sherry Noble, Lynn Andrews, Keith Party, and myself. I'm not afraid to get wet, so you can vote for one of us as well. And of course, we have our board members who have agreed as well. So we've got a whole bunch of church leaders who are willing to do this as well. Wayne Anstey, Lori Windsor, Gary Curtis, Ken Pickles, Frank Compton, Doug Legg, Wade Moss. Now Wade, I'm going down a little bit of limb here because Wade wasn't actually on the board when we got permission. So Wade's that okay? Yeah, I'm hearing no. Of course, he's way at conference, but that's okay. He'll, he'll agree, I'm sure. So Wade, and don't forget Doug Legg. Did I mention Doug Legg? <laughs> Doug Legg. I'm just saying, like, you know, remember ladies? Doug Legg? No, but I just said, no, just Wade. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jason will be lobbying over the button. <laughs> so that's a little bit about what we, our project that we've been doing, our fun time that we've been having in Sunday school. And uh, we've been 
the kids have been having fun with it. They've been learning a lot about it. And, and more than just the fun side of it, they've been learning to have empathy for other children and, and places in the world. And of course, you noticed that it was for Cambodia, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but in South Asia, has the highest percentage of unreached people groups in the entire world. The region with the highest percent has four times more than any other region. So it's an area that's strategically chosen, not just to receive water, but so much more. Um, I will say that biosand filters that we were purchasing, it's $235 for each biosand filter and ecotrine. It will be given to help an entire family, not just one person, but families in both Cambodia will receive it. And these filters have a clever way of filtering water and it lasts a long time. It's not just like a little real filter that you've got to change it every couple of months. So it enables children to have clean, fresh drinking water. And water, as we know, is essential for life and for sanitation, of course. It's really staggering for us. I don't think we really can sink in for us when we live here and it's not an issue, but it's really staggering to think that more than one billion people in the world don't have access to safe drinking water. And they drink. They have to drink anyway, so they drink whatever is available, no matter what it contains or how much it contaminated. And the adults who drink these course from these poor sources of water may be too sick to look after their children, to take care of their animals, or to generate income. And children who drink from poor sources of water may become too sick to go to school. Through this initiative and initiatives like this, the children and women who are typically the ones who are gathering the water, sending these, you know, walking three point seven five miles and carrying the forty-four pounds on their head, those people uh, it are typically the ones that, that gather and walk long distances. So in rural settings, this can be an issue for these people. They can be at risk from a lot of violence as well as isolation as well taking them away from other productive things that they can be doing. Young girls can stay in school if the chores are minimized. They can spend time studying and reading. Mothers can spend more time raising their children or working on some way to generate income for their families. So these are all a lot of really good reasons why we support this, this type of initiative through ERGO. And ERGO is our emergency relief and development organization through PAOC. And their water programs include not only the provision of the filter and the latrine, but it also includes education on basic sanitation and hygiene for people who receive it. But keep yourself at it. So much more than that type of education. There are these people who are living in these unreached areas of the world have not yet heard of the living water that flows to bring eternal life to the believer. These projects do so much more than educate about water. What they do is they exemplify the love of Jesus and they offer hope to those who have not yet met him. <coughs> Mission is not just about those who go, it's also about those who send, those who give, and those who pray. It's truly, truly a team effort. Our pastor did a really great job last Sunday night emphasizing the need for that team effort last Recently, I've gone to uh, back to a chapter in Nehemiah that I've gone to before. I briefly mentioned it in previous testimonies as we found it. As I pondered what I was going to say this morning, I was brought back to this chapter again. And it's referred to as the, as the builders of the wall. We always reinforce for our children that the mission's water project 
is about so much more than just being drinking water. You see, the one big, one of the big differences between humanitarian work and missions work is consecration. The idea behind consecration is to recognize something as special as it being uniquely set apart for God's purpose and for His glory. This verse in Nehemiah speaks of consecration. These city gates were made special to God. It was the way for them to say, all of this work belongs to you, for your glory and your glory alone. The sheep gate, which is mentioned in this verse, was used to bring sheep into the city and the temple for sacrifices. The priests were the people who were chosen to work on the sheep gate. They worked here. And that was not an accident, how that would all come together. That was brought together like that to emphasize the priority of worship and consecration in the world. And that is how it comes for God's glory. The account of Nehemiah is a wealth of inspiration that speaks to many, many aspects of Christian life. It speaks to effective leadership qualities. It speaks to work ethic. It speaks to consecration. It talks about the gates and how there are entry and exit points. It was a reflection on the family and the influence and how important it is to be working close to home and on and on. It's a jam-packed chapter. And there's so much to be taken from it, so much more, so little time, and so much to learn from it. So I do encourage you to be, uh, you know, have your interest peaked and to really look closely at this. I was especially drawn to it this morning for how it inspires teamwork and how it provides so many examples of individuals pitching in and doing the work that was set before them. They didn't have to do it all. But they each had a part. And each and every part was integral and was of immense value to the end goal. You know, the work of the church requires every member. As we're reminded in Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, we are all one body. Together we are one body, and each one of us is a necessary part. At first glance, this chapter in Nehemiah most definitely, and I said this before, seems like a bit of a bore. It is just name after name kind of passage. And you know, it's one of those that sometimes a little hard to get through. But it's worth taking it in little bites. It's worth going there and taking it one verse at a time because each one contains so much. And I can tell you, there's no way, as you notice, I've got the verse up there, but I haven't read it out. There's no way I'm going to attempt to try to read out all those names. I thought learning drug names was hard, but that was a mocking part compared to some of us. Kudos to our, you know, our pastors who have to read a few Bible names every week, but I'm not going to embarrass myself and try to go through that. So I'm going to leave it up there. You're welcome to read it, but uh, I'm definitely not going to try all those names. But what I do want to say is, even though I can't pronounce them, um, every name that's there is no accident that it's listed. All of these names are included for a purpose. When God inspires the work, when God writes the story, there are definitely no accidents. He has a purpose in listing each and every one of these people. And it's not just to use an overcoming time and use it as your verse before you go to bed to kind of lull you off. As many of you know, 
I've traveled the last like, four and a half years. I've traveled with Krista and Carol. And uh, we've gone to many places and we've spoken about faith and love and hope. And we've done our best to minister to people. And Krista, she has a beautiful voice. No surprise here, this is home church. They all know she has a beautiful voice. She sang that Labor of Love Christmas song 5,000 million times. And I enjoyed it every time just like it was the first time I heard it. As a matter of fact, I don't even care it's Christmas. I don't know why we don't sing it every time. I don't know why we don't do that next time. <laughs> I love to hear her sing, and I never get tired. And Carol, she's a very dynamic, very enthusiastic speaker. She just seems to really like draw people into her. She's so comfortable, whether she's up here or whether she's one-on-one. -on -one. Wherever she is, she just seems to be fitting in. She just seems to do such a good job. So you're probably not surprised when I say at times, I kind of struggle with maybe what my purpose is in this because you're a singer, you're a worship leader, you have a fantastic speaker, so where do I be? Now, don't get me wrong, I absolutely know that I have passion for missions, but I don't have the market corner on that. This church is filled with you. I know that from the, from the uh, last week's uh, service and the fantastic support that you've given to me. I don't have my corner on that passion. I also absolutely know that I have an unbelievable testimony of hope. Just to be talking here, I know that I have a testimony. I'm not doubting that. Now, I'm not trying to downplay what God has done in my life. But I'm certainly not the only one with a testimony. We all have our own testimony. Mine's not the most tragic, it's not the most triumphant. It's just my testimony. So sometimes, I can easily be lured into dwelling on these thoughts a little bit, kind of moan over that I really don't have anything extraordinary to contribute. Anyone can do my part. Is my part really even necessary? And I wonder, do many of you get drawn into that little pitfall sometimes? I wonder, did any of those people in Nehemiah chapter 3 struggle to see their purpose? It doesn't tell us, and maybe not all of them did. But I'd say it's very likely that some of them did. Maybe not all of the time, but maybe some of the time. Were, were they actually even aware of the impact that their willingness to work together in one God-inspired purpose would have? Not only on their own lives, but on the lives of people they would never know. People like you and I read these accounts and are inspired. At the time, they probably did. You know, there are times in our life when we're at critical junctures. We may vulnerable to deception, to discouragement, even to complacency. And these times are the gateways in our lives. And this chapter speaks to how the work started at the gates, at the sheep gate, at the fish gate, at the valley gate, at the dump gate. All of these gates in the wall, the work always started at the gate, and then it moved out from there. We need our gates to be well constructed. We need our gates to be strong and impenetrable. We, the stronger our gates are, the less likely that the discouragement, that the deception, or whatever the struggle will be, the less likely it is that it will penetrate and have an impact. 
Now, I don't have time to speak about every single person in every section of the law, each work mentioned in Nehemiah 3, but again, I can't, I can't stress enough how interesting it is. If you just take the time to read it carefully, dig a little deeper, look at each name that's listed, look at each section of the law that they talk about. Each of them has a lesson or a story of their very own. It has been speaking to and inspiring generations and generations. We were, we know that the work of missions takes a team. And our pastor did certainly reinforce that message last week as well. But I wonder, do you know the value of your own personal contribution to that team? We know that someone has said last week had to get rope. We know that someone had to tie the knot. We know that someone had lowered plastic. But do you know when God lays it on your heart, you are not just someone. He laid it on your heart. You're the best someone for that job. <laughs> this, in this chapter, it talks about men who are of many different professions. Not professional wall builders, not professional gate builders, not even some people who work in construction. It would have seemed that it would have been an easy excuse for them to just not bother. It wasn't their strong. But they jumped in and they did the work. Even though there are a lot of people who may not have been thought they were qualified. And as God is continuing to write the story of laws throughout this world, He continues to list their names. And we best have taken our place in that list and set in the past. At least, well, at least your names would be easier to pronounce, for one thing. And you'll notice in this particular verse that the end of it talks about the last part of the church. There's a group of people. He talks about them as a group of people, the nobles. Now, not our nobles, not, not just the cherry grand <laughs> This is a group of nobles. But what you, what you see is all through the chapters, he named people. He named them person by person. Now, he didn't name out this group individually as individuals. He called them as a group. Now, I personally think that that's because he doesn't shame individuals into doing them. But you'll notice that they were the only ones who did not jump in and do the work. These nobles made the list not as inspiring examples, but as examples of what not to do. These nobles thought they were above the hard work, so they didn't join in. And literally, they say the idea in Hebrew is that they wouldn't submit. They would not bend their necks to what the Lord had wanted them to do. Maybe they thought they could do it, that there was a better way to do it, and they didn't like the plan. Maybe they didn't like the leader, Nehemiah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the rope wasn't the right color or the basket wasn't the right shape. But for whatever reason, they didn't join in. They didn't do their part. But you can be sure that later on they regretted it. Because they stand in me as the only people mentioned in this chapter who did not join in the work. As God is writing our stories, he has a purpose for us. There are no accidents. And no matter how we see ourselves, let me assure you, he does not see us as interchangeable. Our relationship with Jesus is personal. It's unique. He speaks into each and every one of our lives in a very miraculously customizable way. Even his living word, thousands of years later, this is not just a book. This is a living word. And what it does is it can be relevant to each person's unique it is relevant throughout generations, 
right. societies, throughout cultures, and still can speak into the life of an individual. We are not interchangeable in God's eyes. He made it so that we could have a personal relationship that spoke to our personal strengths and needs. So when he calls on your name, it's no mistake. This chapter that I've been talking about is referred to the builders of the wall. But it's not just about building a wall. A missions project is not just about sending a water filter. It's about so much more than that. It's about building relationships with God and with each other. It's about building leadership qualities. It's really about building character. So there's so much that we can glean from it. This same verse, in it, uh, it actually uh, refers to making repairs as well. And in one study that I read on this uh, particular chapter, the Hebrew word for repairs is used 35 times in this chapter alone. It has the idea of strengthening, encouraging, and making something strong and useful. And these are, are, are principles that have application that go far beyond the building of those material gates or those walls. The Bible says that we must be built up and repaired. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, it talks about God says the purpose for the church. And we know that the church is not the building, the church is the people that are in. The purpose for the church is for the equipping of the saints. And the idea behind equipping is again to prepare, to strengthen, to make something be able to be used to make us strong and able to live for Jesus and serve him outside the gatherings of this building into the farthest corners of the earth. God has given his church, and other God has given us an enormous responsibility to make disciples in every nation. God is writing the story of a child's life in me. Now, do your answers and his name is listed in that story. But so is Darwin Mushroom. God is writing the story of a child's life in Thailand. And Ava's Ryan's name is in that story. But so is Violet Roberts. And God is writing the story of a family in Cambodia. And the names of all of our sons for children. Each one of them to come out so enthusiastically so happy to learn and to give what they can as individuals. All of their needs are in that story. I could go on and on about the different stories that are being written. But my point is we need to be inspired to continue in our work of faith. Each and every time that we are obedient, whether it be in the small thing or in the big thing, each and every time that we're obedient, your name is appearing in one of God's transformation stories for somebody's life. You know, and it says big or small. We all always kind of, I think we emphasize more of the small things than we do the big things. But let me tell you, right now throughout, they just finished a campaign in PAOC called 100 Points of Light. And what they've done is uh, a few weeks ago, they had two weekends where missionaries were traveling throughout the country to talk about missions men. And one of their objectives was to procure or to attract 100 new missionaries to the field. So 
It can be in the small things. It can be the big things. And when we're speaking to our Sunday school children, we want them to know that it's teamwork. They all have a part to play. They can contribute. We also want them to be inspired that they can be the missionary. You know, they can be that one point of light. So in the small thing or in the big thing, whatever God is calling you to, make sure you know that it's part of the transformation of somebody else. Each of us have an individual ability to contribute, to make an impact on the lives of others, and to glorify God in doing I heard recently on the radio, the church should be where we find people who will rejoice with you in your victories and sit with you in your sufferings. In other words, build you up and repair you. And this, I told you I had a testimony, this is certainly something I have first-hand knowledge of. In the story of my life, the contributor, the list of contributors is really long. I'm thinking actually that my chapter will read kind of like the church director. Because there have been so many people that have poured in. So in closing, uh, I'm not as pastors. <laughs> in closing, I just want to say that supporting the work of missions is a natural outpouring of his transformational love in our lives. He pours into us and we pour out. What the Bible describes as our evidence of our faith. In, in KO now, this province, and people like Sherry, we have many, many missionaries. Some of them are working at home, and some of them are global workers. But they need our support. They need people who are willing to speak into their life and into their ministry. And we are those someone. Please, I ask that you be encouraged. Consecrate your work to the glory of God. Whatever it may be, whatever task you are called to, first and foremost, let it be to the glory of the Lord. And continually build it together. Like Pastor said, it won't matter about what color rope is or what shape of that. We'll just work together as a team to glorify God and to spread His message. And we need to be continually in a place where we are repairing and strengthening each other as we ourselves get to the work of mission. I've asked uh, the children to go in the back there. I've asked that, uh, that you guys take up one of their cards, participate in it, have fun, come back next Sunday, see who gets soaked. But remember that in all the little things and in all the things that we do, there's purpose in it. And God has called us to it. And I pray that you'll be encouraged to know that even when you might not see what your part is, that you have confidence that God has called you to it and it is. Thank you for your time. Thank you for always supporting missions. And thank you for this opportunity. Don't tell the pastor that I told you that you guys can fly. Actually, Jason did it. more fly. And hopefully I'll get back sometime soon. But uh, I do appreciate the privilege that I have in this church to really speak to what is the passion of my mission. I do appreciate all the support that we get on that front. I just encourage you to continue looking for what your personal contribution is. And remember that collectively we make a big difference. Thank you. I'm going to stand over the church this morning. We're going to sing one uh, and we'll stop before we uh, close the prayer this morning. A little response from God is that I don't know if we have the words to be struggle with time at this point. So I think we're going to always look for us.
you this morning, Lord, for all the wonderful blessings that we have, Lord. And just to think of what we have around us compared to most of this world, Lord. 